The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. I mean, I I didn't do any any like um intense research or anything. I'm just kind of <laughs> I don't really know well, how it goes. <laughs> so I'm just um, gonna, well, I'm just going to uh, kind of go with your flow if that's okay. I'm not really <laughs> one for quote unquote doing air quotes research. <laughs> no, I I I, I I don't go Okay. So we're just kind of like talking freely. Oh yeah, there's there's I I have okay. notes, but it's like I mean, especially since this song doesn't have official lyrics too. Yeah, I guess it technically doesn't. It's real sort of up to I don't know whatever you think that <laughs> he's saying or they mean. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's some stuff is pretty clear, but other stuff is just kind of the standard Eddie. He's either saying this or this. <laughs> yeah, and. I've always thought it's this, and other people say it's this, but uh, I got to go with what is stuck in my head because... Yeah, because that's what matters anyway. Yeah, because I got to be right. (laughs) I can't be educated. I can't grow as a person. (laughs) I'm I'm listening to Pearl Jam. I'm listening to a 30-year-old band. I can't grow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This, of course, is Brandon, and today my guest is Kate Cotton. Hello, Kate. Hello, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing well, and you? I'm not doing so bad. Oh, good. We're about to talk about some Pearl Jam, so, I mean, that's going to make us feel better, right? Yeah. It's never a bad time. Yeah, although it could be, you know, a severely depressing uh, song, but But then... But also, cathar- cath- it could be cathartic in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we got to mm-hmm. look at it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cathartic and relatable. Yeah. So the song we're talking about today is I Got It or I Got Shit. Yeah. Which, 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 which way do you prefer to refer to it as? You know, I typically refer to it as I Got It, but, you know, in my head, it's I Got Shit. And I don't really know what... Th- which one is technically the title? Do you know? Um, is there is there a technical title or is it just? Well, I think. Like, what's on the single? On the single, it's "I Got Id." Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. So that's what's written on the back mm-hmm. of the of the single slash EP that came out on December fifth, nineteen ninety five. Oh, smooth transition smooth, there. Smooth, With yeah. uh, "Long Road" is the B side. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, companion piece to Neil Young's Mirror Ball that uh, they were all recording at the same time. And uh, let me see. Neil Young had eight songs written before he had his little pump organ uh, interludes that were plugged in. And he said, oh, I got eight songs. Eddie, if you just come up with two songs, we'll put them on the album and we'll have ten. And he was like, oh, yay, thanks. And uh, then he came up with uh, this and Long Road. And uh, he's, and I think the the story is that somebody asked Eddie, it could have been Neil or somebody else in Pearl Jam, they said, Eddie, what do you got? And he says, I got shit. Yeah. Because he didn't have anything. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, hey, 
Yeah, that's a song. Hey, that sounds like a song title. I've heard that story once or twice. <laughs> it's an authentic experience. Like it kind of came from nowhere. And uh, I think the song these these two songs were supposed to be on the album and then weren't because of uh, record contracts and big wigs and stuff like that. So Neil Young's record label reprise said, uh, we don't want you to mention Pearl Jam on it. And Pearl Jam's record label was like, yeah, because then we want more money or something like that. Who knows? Oh, wow. I actually didn't know any of that. Yeah. That's it's it. Nowhere in the Neil Young album. Does it mention Pearl Jam? It just has their names listed. Right. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. they, and then this is, they appear courtesy Epic records or something like that. And so like they couldn't, Hmm. promote it as neil young and pearl jam it was just like a neil young and uh, um i wonder how different that album would have been like received by the public if it was marketed as being an album with pearl jam or if they if they allowed long road and i got id to be on the album i don't know because i as as like a newer listener of pearl jam i didn't i didn't even really know about mirror ball at all and then when i heard about it I was like, oh, because obviously I knew about it because I knew that's where Long Road and I Got It came from. But otherwise, I would have never heard of that album. And I, I'll be honest with you, I still, I've still never listened to Mirrorball. Really. Um, I mean, I've heard some, yeah, I've heard some of the songs from it, but I've never like sat down and listened to it from beginning to end. But I do wonder if, if it was uh, marketed as a Pearl, like Neil Young and Pearl Jam, if it would have been more received by the public. I mean, not that it wasn't, but more popularly received by the public. Yeah, I think most most of the people who wanted to know knew, like it, like everybody talked mm-hmm. about it and it was like, oh yeah, 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 we got to do that. And I mean, like MTV and stuff like that, stuff like that was like, oh, it's Neil Young and Pearl Jam, and I mean, it it just didn't say that on the actual record when you got it. But I mean, if mm-hmm. you know, I I don't know if anybody who is listening to Neil Young. Or who who or anybody who wasn't listening to Neil Young would be like, oh, Pearl Jam's on it, so I'm going to 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 get it. Or wait, no, that's not what I meant to say because that's exactly what was happening. Right. <laughs> Never mind. I mean, people who didn't know <laughs> Neil Young or Pearl Jam would be like, oh, Pearl Jam and Neil Young are playing together. Oh, I better get this record then because I don't listen to any of them. It it was, I think, a sort of thing where. Everybody knew it was it was an open secret, and so people who wanted to listen to it listened to it. And I, I don't think that it was it would be a sort of curiosity, right. really, to to be like, oh, I wonder what Liz sounds like together. It would be like if you didn't care about Neil Young, you didn't care about Neil Young. If you didn't care about Pearl Jam, you didn't care about Pearl mm-hmm. Jam, and then you wouldn't care about either of them together if you didn't care about either of them. Right? You you would really really not care care about them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What what year did the it came out in ninety five right? Yes, the very end of ninety five. So that was around the same time as No Code coming out. Uh, no, No Code came out the following. Oh, ninety six. I'm sorry. Yeah. 96. Oh my god, I can't believe I just made that mistake. I knew. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. <laughs> you should I hang keep... up on me right now. I'm not really a Pearl Jam fan. <laughs> no, you said you said you didn't have notes written down, so I don't. <laughs> I'm totally winging it. That's totally it's. it's I have notes written down too. This all isn't coming off the top of my head, <laughs> even though I have to try to act like it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, that's right. We need to make sure that uh, we get respect around here. And it's like, oh, yes, right. we know what we're talking about because we have podcasts, totally. right? We have all the information. 
We're experts. That's that's the the prerequisite to uh, starting a podcast. You have to know everything. Yeah, that's right. And if anybody mm-hmm. ever dares try to correct us, then oh, they're gonna get the <laughs> the backside of me hand. <laughs> they're gonna get the ban. Um, yeah. So um, Eddie wrote this song, and Brendan O'Brien is playing bass on it. Jeff Hammett was sick that day, I guess. Again, I did not know and, that either. <laughs> uh, Jack. Okay, yep. keep going. Keep teaching me things. <laughs> no, that's okay. Jack Irons is playing drums. Okay, I did know. I did know that. Yes, after uh, after stupid mop, this is the and between and before no code. This is the second sort of iteration of Jack playing drums, where you could get a taste mm-hmm. of how they were going to be on the new album. So you're kind of like, oh, how's this going to be? What's it going to be like? Got a new drummer. Yeah. They uh, let's see. They had an early performance at the uh, Soldier Field show. That's a vault release. And um, let's see what well, they mm-hmm. first played it. February 24th, 1995 in Osaka, Japan, which they even mentioned in PJ20, but on the Pearl Jam website, they say the first time they played it was months later in June in Colorado. Wait, really? <laughs> yes. That's a bit of a discrepancy. Uh, oh yeah, they played it yeah. all the, they played it all over the place in in Japan. Yeah, and, and then, it looks like Australia too, like a whole bunch in the spring. Yep, and then they're like, "Oh, Pearl Jam's website says, "Oh no, they really played it <laughs> they started playing it in June. <laughs> Problems website is weird with stuff like that. I noticed that when me and Jesse do our research ahead of time, like I would never look at the Pearl Jam website <laughs> for info about Pearl Jam. I mean, no offense to them in any way, but I don't know what their standards of tracking things like performances or lyrics or whatever, if like what it is compared to like the hardcore fans who are out there like putting stuff on the internet. Yeah, I, th- I-, I think they... They took some of the, what is it called? The Five Horizons concert chronology and sort of folded that into what they had when, um, when they, when Five Horizons stopped mm. updating. It's an old website back in the day. I don't know if you uh, ever heard of it or anything. No, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm <laughs> nodding along. But I, I think they folded that into their <laughs> own tracking and they, you know, had some of their own stuff. So if, if, either one of them didn't have something then they might not have done it or maybe the person who was in charge of inputting the first half of 1995 had a day off and <laughs> just didn't get put in yeah sounds like it <laughs> um but before we get into the actual song now that we got the facts out of the way mm-hmm. kate i've got to ask you when did you first hear mm-hmm. of pearl jam um so i've known of pearl jam like i've been a listener of their music for pretty much my whole life but you know i i grew up i was born in 92 so i was like just like i just i just missed pearl jam by a few years um uh, but i grew up in a house with a much older brothers who were like at the perfect ripe age for pearl jam they were in their like teen years and early 20s um a lot older than me so like they always listened to this kind of music so it had always been in my life it was just i wasn't really at the appropriate age for this kind of music i guess so then when i got older and uh i would say it's been almost five years um i decided hey you know what like i've I've been a huge chili peppers fan since like the mid 2000s um like obsessed crazy obsessed and you know, I, I talked to my brother one day and I was kind of like, you know, I don't know why I haven't really listened to Pearl Jam my whole life, but I feel like I would really like their music. I don't know what's taken me so long. I said, but where do I begin? They have so much music. 
Um, and my brother said to me, uh, you know, really what you just got to do is you have to listen to 10 and then kind of just work your way from there. And at the time I was like, okay, that sounds easy enough. And then um, back in 2015, I kind of just sat down and decided, okay, like, actually, I kind of went through this like stupid early 20s, like heartbreak, which, you know, I feel like is a lot of people's story when it, you know, when it comes to getting into Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah something happened and then I was like, fuck the world. I don't want to deal with anybody. So I kind of plugged in. I was like, you know, this seems like a good time to, to plug into 10. So I did. And I, I will never forget the way I fully attached my feelings to the song black. The first time, I mean, I had heard the song before, but in that moment, I felt like I was really hearing it for the first time. And from that moment on, I was just completely hooked and, you know, however many years later i'm like hosting a pearl jam podcast but it just sent me on this huge huge rabbit hole like i was obsessed obsessed with 10 that summer and then i really really got into verses too like i would say the two of them simultaneously i was super super obsessed with and then i kind of jumped around with the albums and i listened to vitalogy and then i moved on to yields and those were like the only four four pearl jam albums i had listened to for like my first year of being a fan of theirs Um, And I have a feeling it probably came from a place of knowing that those were their most quote unquote popular albums. Like Mm -hmm. the other ones I had like no code I had heard was kind of like a divisive album among fans and anything beyond yield. I had never really even heard of um, aside from backspacer, but then eventually I kind of got into all of it. I I was scared to jump into the more polarizing of their albums because I was scared. I was like, Oh my God, am I actually a true fan if I don't like this music? (laughs) Um, but I did and spoiler alert, I loved it all. So, um, (laughs) you know, it's, it's just been, you know, almost five years of just fully obsessively immersing myself into the world of Pearl Jam and their music. And now that I know what their music is beyond just the music, like the people who listen to them and the artwork associated with them, the charities, they've like everything that they've done, like what good people they actually are. It's just, it's so hard now to like detach myself from it. And I'm just like fully in that world. So, you know, just one stupid little heartbreak got me here. (laughs) (laughs) I will forever be grateful to him. (laughs) It's it's, it's the way it's supposed to be. When you're exactly. young, you, f- you find a band that changes your life, and then you're right. like, "Yeah, man." Yeah. So, so you you're a fan of Red Hot Chili Peppers, even though they're an older band than yeah. Pearl Jam. Yeah, I guess they technically are. Yeah, I mean, I will be honest with you, I am not really a fan of their '80s music. Oh. Okay. I I really got into them when Stadium Arcadium came out because that's when I started in 2006. That's when that album came out. I was obsessed with it, like crazy obsessed. And then I, I've kind of, from there, I went back into their discography and I went from Blood Sugar forward. Um, and I tried to listen to their, you know, like Mother's, Mother's Milk isn't bad, but, you know, everything before that is just a little too dated for me, unfortunately. I mean, it's still good. It's funky. It's mm-hmm. fun. But it's not like an album I could see myself like really getting immersed and obsessed with. They're they're kind of just like funky, old, um, old sounding albums to me. I don't think they age well. I don't know if that's a popular opinion, but coming from someone who's on the younger side, like being born after that era, um, I don't know. I just don't think it ages well. But I listen to 10 and I think it ages wonderfully. What about the um, the original versus the redux? You know, I when I first listened to 10, I only listened to the original. I didn't even know there was a redux <laughs> for oh, okay. a long time. And um, I still 
on what I have on my downloaded on my phone is the um, original. And then I have listened to the Redux, the vinyl version um, of 10 that I have is the Redux. I noticed like it is cleaner, Mm -hmm. but to me, it's, it's still, it doesn't matter between the two. That late eighties, early nineties period is a very dated (laughs) in music. I think just because it's, it's going from analog to digital Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and and also the styles of music, I think, are, right. are are sort of changing at that time. So it's it's real. It, yeah, it really. People didn't like, know what to do. Right. It really seemed like things changed very rapidly between the '80s and the '90s. I mean, I didn't live through it, so I don't know. But you know, you could kind of listen to music from the '60s and the '70s and be like, okay, well, I'm taking this for what it is because it's from the '60s and the '70s, and it all kind of had a similar sound. But then you go into the '80s, and it's like a whole shit ton of craziness and like weird sounding music. And it all kind of sounds like it was recorded inside of a tin can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you go get into the nineties and I guess things started to change a little bit. And it, you know, I mean, you you could kind of hear that in 10 a little bit, but everything past that is much cleaner. What is it about this song, Kate, that made you say, Hey, I want to talk to another podcast about this as opposed to talking about this on my own podcast (laughs) well i mean obviously we'll talk about this song eventually too but um (laughs) um this song what i would say was was slash is my favorite pearl jam song for a while Mm -hmm. it the lyrics of the song really really spoke to me the i'll never forget the first time i heard it i was like i was like what i was like Eddie, how the fuck did you like write this song for me? Like, like I know everybody has that feeling with a lot of Eddie's music and his writing, but it really felt like he took thoughts directly out of my head and put them on paper in this artistic way. Like I felt at the time, I mean, I don't feel this way anymore because I'm in a nice, healthy relationship, but I felt like my whole early adult life and like my teen years and stuff, I was just one of those people that was always in some sort of unrequited situation, mm-hmm. just always feeling like I was the one with the feelings and no one had them back for me, or maybe like only the weirdos had feelings for me, you know, like, so <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it always kind of felt like this song was just, it just spoke to me in that way. Like I... I, I don't know. It's it's kind of like a, a vulnerable topic, but it, it really felt like I felt for a long time, like, will someone ever love me the way that I've heard what love feels like? And, you know, I will ever will someone ever want me in that way? And it, for a while, it really felt like no one would. Like when you spend most of your life not feeling that way or with someone, then you're kind of convinced, like, oh, I guess I'm just, you know, like uh, Eddie's lyric. What does he say? He says, so I'll just lie I'll lie alone and wait for the dream where I'm not ugly and you're looking at me. Yeah. That lyric. That lyric always like cut right into my core because that's how I felt for a while. I mean, I wouldn't say I felt ugly or I felt like down on myself, but it just kind of it did kind of feel that way for a long time. Like not not being loved back by someone kind of makes you feel ugly in a different kind of way. And like, mm-hmm. will I ever be the one that someone's looking at? You know? Yeah. Um, so when I heard the song, I just I couldn't I had never heard a song that that's so directly related to a way I was feeling for such a long time. Like you hear music on the radio. It's a, it's a love song. It's a heartbreak song. It's, 
either way, it's a song where someone went through a relationship where there was like mutual feelings. And I was, so then I heard the song about being the person who's never loved by anyone. And I was like, oh my gosh, finally, <laughs> a dramatic way of, a dramatic way of putting into words what I've been feeling for so long. So that's, to me, that is where that such, that like hugely special connection came from um, between me and this song. But I like, since, you know, I've, I've moved past those feelings about myself, I, I still love the song immensely, but I don't know if I would um, mark it as my number one song anymore. But for, I would say for like a solid year or two, that was my number one Pearl Jam song. Um, yeah, it's cutting right to the core uh with me too yeah just the it, I, I you know i will say it's like oh yeah i totally think you know uh, it's some sense of of dysmorphia i think with me where it's i, I for the longest time I, I couldn't really ever see myself as how other people would see me or could see me it's just always just like i don't want to look at myself in the mirror because mm -hmm. then i have to look at myself and I don't want I, I don't want to be reminded about what other people will see when you know they're looking in my direction or whatever. And I, I when I was young and everything, I I would you know have crushes on girls and stuff like that, right. and be like, oh, you know, it's it's just living in my own head of, oh, you know, if I could only say something or do something, and you know. It, who knows if anything would even happen, but I would never even get to that point because it's kind of like, oh, it's just too scary to to live life in the real world as opposed to just inside my own head. And and uh, uh, I don't know. It's yeah, <laughs> you're, you're right. It it it, it no it, it it totally brings you to that dark place of of feeling like so lonely in that sense. Like I, I mean. I don't know. And again, too, like, it's interesting that both me and you could feel the same way about the song because I'm uh, being a female and you're a male. Like this song is written from I, I'm a, it's from Eddie's perspective. So it's it does feel like it, it is coming for uh, more from a man's perspective. And, you know, as a female, I always kind of felt weird for feeling that way, like feeling like people didn't find me desirable because we live in a culture where we're like told that like men love every woman that crosses the earth. But I still felt so alone because no one ever expressed any sort of feeling like that towards me. And, mm -hmm. you know, you would just, I was growing up, I was watching these TV shows where like all these teenagers in high school were in relationships and dating <laughs> and, you know, having their first kiss. And it was like, I wasn't experiencing any of those things. I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? You know? But I just, I just think it's the type of person that I was. I, I was always guarded and a little bit shy. I mean, I always had great friends in my life. So it wasn't like I was completely alone, thank God, or else I would have been a depressed, miserable sack of a human being. But moving, and then I grew up and I was like still kind of feeling so behind in that sense. And then hearing Eddie sing about something that's so similar and relatable, I don't know, it was, it was able to get me through that, knowing that, I mean, I don't know if he ever actually felt that way or if he was just kind of writing from that perspective, but knowing it was normal to feel that way made me feel a lot more normal. I think it's part of the sort of male-centered culture to to sort of have to put everything on men to a degree to where it's like, oh, you know, you have to impress a woman and you have to earn a woman and you've got to sort of, you know, th that's what you're your goal is or whatever. And so like, I mean, everybody is, is going after them and you got to fight your way and all that sort of stuff. And, and 
and to think is like, oh, well, a, w- a woman can get any guy they want because, yeah. you know, they... Because <laughs> they got, like... <laughs> yeah, because everybody that's that's what everybody's trying to get. And it's like, that's not... Right. You know, that's... Every, everybody has got their own hangups and everybody everybody's a lot more alike than, right. than, than we think just because we're always, you know, stuck in our own heads. And we're... A lot of us are all thinking the same yeah, thing and true. we don't talk to each other about it. Oh, my God, we so are. It's only if you have a band <laughs> yeah. that you that you can, you know? Right. No, it's true. That's that's a great point. So yeah, that's where that's where my connection with this song comes from. I mean, it's really not much more than that. But I, this is probably the song I've been most emotionally connected to. This one and Black are the two songs that I feel that way about. Yeah. Have you ever uh, seen them do the song live? I haven't. Oh. <laughs> do you know how heartbreaking that is for me? <laughs> to be fair, I've only seen Pearl Jam. Well, I say only, but considering how how considering how many times people have seen them i am in the way bottom of the on the of the list i've seen them six times and five out of the six were in this last 2018 tour um because you know becoming a fan of them in 2015 really only afforded me the 2016 2018 tours and when i was a fan of them in 2016 like how i was describing before that was kind of only when i was really listening to 10 through Vitalogy and uh, Yield. So I didn't know, I wasn't like, I mean, I was obsessed. Like I had already thought about getting a tattoo at that point and stuff, but um, I wasn't where I am now with them. So I only saw one show in 2016, which I regret so hard. (laughs) But then they played, then I went to the five shows last year and they didn't play them at any of the shows last year, as far as I know. I mean, maybe in Europe they did, but... I went to both Chicago and both Wrigley shows. I'm sorry, that's the same thing. I went to both <laughs> Wrigley shows and both Fenway shows, and they didn't play at any of those. And I went to um, their opening night in Europe, the Amsterdam show, and they didn't play it there either. But I did hear that they were, I'm pretty sure they sound checked this song in Wrigley, and I thought for sure they were going to play it, and I was so excited, and they never did. <gasps> so this song is, I know, this song is a, a bucket list song for me. It's probably my number one bucket list song. From the the shows I've seen, I've seen it twice. Mm-hmm. And the last time I saw it, whoa, what was that, 2006 or something like that? I don't know. It was San Francisco. I have it written down on my notes. No, I'm not going to search for it, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, was, it was in San Francisco, and they transitioned, like, straight from the end of that into Inside Job. Oh, and wow. it's just, and I think the sort of lyrical sort of, stories that they both tell like fit like super good and it was just like oh wow this is like it was just a real great combination puddle of tears yeah those two songs are too heavy to put together like <laughs> give the audience a break geez <laughs> yeah i haven't heard inside job either oh we got time hopefully. <laughs> i know hopefully F- fingers crossed all of our fingers are crossed <laughs> simultaneously <Yeah. laughs> we're we're all over here praying before bed every night that pearl jim <laughs> will announce a tour soon but um how do you feel? Do you feel like you want an album more or a tour? Um, an album. I mean, oh, okay. they don't really have a 
reason to tour i don't think if if they don't have an album because it's sort of like you you put out a new record and so you got a tour to promote it and if you're just mm-hmm. touring and you don't have any new music to play then it's just sort of like a greatest hits showcase then at that point and so i mean if you you're like okay well they're going to play at least you know these you know eight songs probably at every show and they're going to intersperse other things in there but it's it's sort of like oh i kind of know what they're going to do it's it, there's not that much room of surprise or growth yeah. in it if they don't have new stuff to experiment with and to be like yeah. you know i mean most people don't care about the new stuff anyway but i mean the new stuff becomes the old stuff after you after you give it time i mean if pretty much ever since you know, Vitology, people were saying, it's like, oh, let's quit playing the new songs, play the old stuff we like. And, you know, now it's kind of like, oh, that Vitology stuff, you know, that, you know, yield stuff. It's all, it's all great. Yeah. It's all awesome. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, eventually, if they just keep touring without an album, it'll all just be kind of like, okay, we're doing the same thing over and over again. Like, as different as their sets always are, like, they might all start to kind of seem the same because, yeah, where is the, where is the growth if they're not adding a new sound? to their yeah. mix it's like okay and i guess it would yeah it would make more sense to look forward to an album because a new album would almost guarantee yeah. a tour <laughs> a tour might just happen a tour might happen without an album so so if you get an album you'll probably get both yeah yeah plus there, you know there's yeah. there's different places that they haven't gone to in a while which i think that they would be due before they you know would come back to the united states or something like that because they, they you know a couple of tours or something like that to say, okay, let's play Australia a little bit. Let's play, you know, South America or something. And then we'll come to the United States, mm-hmm. just sort of like a, a, a sort of, I don't know about warm up, but at least a sort of, Hey, let's give some other people a chance since, you know, they haven't seen us in a long time. And if they, and I think, especially if they have a new record too, I mean, there'll be places as like, Oh, we haven't seen the last, any songs from the last three, four albums or something. Right. Yeah. That's so crazy. They haven't been to Australia in like, what, like, 10 years or something like that i mean i don't know the stats on that but i know it's been a long time since they've been there i don't have my notes for that (laughs) that's not what we're talking about today (laughs) sorry 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 (laughs) all i know is it's been a long time so um have you listened to um live live versions bootlegs and stuff of this of i got in um yeah yeah i mean i listen to pearl jam radio a lot so I hear lots of different versions of it. I know that when he sings it live, pretty much like since the beginning of him singing singing it live, <laughs> he's changed the lyrics to the song. Mm-hmm. Um, the the beginning where he says, "Yeah, my lips are shake, my nails are bit off." It's and then he sings live. He sings a month and a day since I've heard myself talk. But on the on the recorded version, he says, "It's been a while since I've heard myself talk." Mm-hmm. And then there's another different lyric somewhere else in the song. Uh, but I can't remember it. That's the one that always sticks out to me. And then it seems like when he sings it live, either he just kind of mumbles the end of the song or he, <laughs> you know what I mean? How he's, he's just going with the, Oh, I, and like, and he's doing all these, like he kind of just like sings through that. And on the recorded version, it's a lot more clear what he's saying. But when he sings it live, it's just kind of like a jumbled mess of all these sad things he's saying about himself. Yeah. I, I think it's easy too to, if you don't have official lyrics <laughs> yeah. that everybody can check, you can change, you can change yeah. it to whatever you want night to night. 
yeah, yellow Ledbetter situation. Oh yeah, I just mentioned the live thing because the the recorded version it's very sort of strummed the 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 intro um, riff. And then when they do it live, they have this sort of, he, mm-hmm. he'll pick it, he'll arpeggio it. I don't know. I like, I, I like the recorded, I think. I like it just sounds I do too. I don't know, harsher. Like it it sounds more real with what the with the the lyrical content as opposed to just sort of I don't know, dreamy. Even though it is mm-hmm. sort of kind of like a, a a dream lyrically. I mean, but it's I don't know, it just it just seems to hit harder. Wait, so you're so you're saying you like you 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 prefer the recorded version or the live? Yeah, yeah. I got and plus too with Neil Young playing right. on it. I mean, just the way his guitar will just like sound completely destroyed and just yeah. and you're like, yeah, yeah it's so good. <laughs> oh. and then it's kind of like, Oh, okay. When they, and then Michael do it, it's kind of like, ah, it's yeah. okay. It's not no. as, it's hard to, you can't, you can't copy Neil Young's guitar sound. No, I, I like a hundred percent agree with you on that. I always, I mean, I, I like the live version, but um, the recorded version to me is way different and, kind of is um above the live performances i would still love to hear it live but when they play it live they do Mm. they do it so much faster too which i know they do with a lot of their songs but i feel like that does take away from the feeling of the song a little bit when he does that like like the the gentle strumming in the beginning and but when they when you hear it live it's kind of like a a harder sound and the song to me isn't it's not really a hard song it's it's a vulnerable song and i feel like that's reflected more and the recorded version than the live versions of it. Yeah, but then you you have like um sort of harsh lyrics at least of how he sees himself and I think that's where those mm. sorts of things meld a little bit better. At least I I think. I mean, if I'm if I'm feeling bad about myself, I mean, I would just be like, "Oh, man, I'm bad. I don't like myself." Yeah. And not just sort of like, "Eh, I'm not." <laughs> uh, I'm not into myself yeah. right now. I don't know if you're if, if if you're really blaming yourself for yeah not I don't know. <laughs> well, the way the way the way that I hear the song, it, it's he is down on himself, but it's almost like he's given up on himself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like oh, like I don't know, like maybe like maybe one day. Like to, and to me, that's where like that more soft sounding musical sound that comes with the recorded version makes more sense like it's he's not to me he's not angry at himself he's more like completely just like destroyed by everything and everyone he's just kind of indifferent so to speak towards um towards this reality that he lives let me think uh yeah the other things about this song he said the uh the chorus is pretty much the melody to cinnamon girl kind of and he, and the, he'll tag it with Cinnamon Girl every once in a while. Want to know a secret? 
We'll cut this part out of the bootleg. It's just between us, man. So the chorus on that song is that. There's a, uh, there's a Pearl Jam bootleg site called We Got Shit. Oh, there is? Oh, yeah. They got a, they got a ton of stuff. Some of the links aren't working anymore, but... <laughs> Old links. Now, now you got something to do I do. Tonight. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's good to know. Because, I mean, I, I have trouble with bootlegs. I'm, I've gotten it more into them. I feel like as a newer fan, it's kind of hard to just start listening to bootlegs. Mm-hmm. Like, especially since you're still trying to fully understand their discography and really get into it all. And then to just like jump right into a bootleg, it's very overwhelming, mm-hmm. especially considering how many of them there are. But now I feel like that I'm more established and like settled in where I know all the albums and I know how much I love them and in which order I love them in. And now I'm getting more of an idea of what era of bootlegs I'm more drawn to. And, you know, I'm, I'm finding myself able to listen to a bootleg without being like kind of confused by it or feeling like it's too long or something like that. Like, because I know, I pretty much know every Pearl Jam song now that exists, or at least I think I do. Every every now and then I'll say that, and then I'll hear something. I'll be like, I never fucking heard this before. How is that possible? <laughs> but um, but yeah, I need to I need to figure out. And then it's just hard. There's just so many bootlegs, and like, how do you how do you get through them all? Like, I, oh, I, yeah. I only started listening to them five years ago. Like, it's just too much content for one person in such a short amount of time. Well, no, it's in, in you know, as we're waiting for a tour or new stuff, then you got you got this time to to catch up I before do, we gotta absorb and commit to memory any uh, any anything else. Yeah, I mean, there there are a few boots that I'm more like, or at least era of Pearl Jam that I'm more drawn to. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of anything from the 2000s. I think that was like, and by 2000s, I mean like the year 2000, not the 2000 to 2010 yeah i feel like that was like totally their shining era of live performances but i know people would disagree with me but i don't know i feel like they were just all yeah. so perfect then yeah that was the you know when they started doing the official sort of bootlegs and stuff too so i mean they sort of had it perfected at least yeah. to the level where they were going to mass produce them and let everybody else hear <clears throat> what they were doing anyway so i mean that's that's right. that's as good a place as any to it's a good start, sort of yeah, focus true. or start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a, as a as a newer Pearl Jam fan, do you feel like there's any sort of um, I don't know about pushback, but any sort of like, oh, you can't be a real Pearl Jam fan because you weren't there from the beginning or anything from from people at all? Or um, honestly, no. I mean, if anything, it's the complete opposite. I think that I think that Pearl Jam fans are so excited about anybody being as excited about the band <laughs> as they are like you know like and i feel like they actually get especially excited when they hear that someone who's on the younger side is a huge fan because it's like oh they're living on you know they're not it's not going to end with us it's, yeah it, it's going to keep filtering down through generations and like I'm, i've met a few people like me and jesse were the same age we're both 27 i've met people younger than me who are really into them i met some in uh, chicago last year 
And, you know, I know that uh, single podcast theory, they get emails from people who are like teenagers or in their early 20s who are huge Pearl Jam fans. And I don't know, I feel like people are more excited about that than than the alt- the alternate of like being like, how could you really be a fan, you know? Um, I mean, I have I have come across a few people who are kind of like know-it-alls a little bit, yeah. but but nothing nothing that I can't just like brush aside. But you know, it, it it is kind of you do kind of get that feeling from people. It's like, all right, you're new, so we're gonna help you along this Pearl Jam journey. But it kind of comes across as um, I know more than you type of deal. That's not like really my intention. Is it's not my intention to know every single fact and factoid and like. I don't need to know where every hair on Eddie Vedder's body is. Like, it's just, I just, I just love the band and I want to do things in my own stride. Like, I don't need people out there telling me like, Oh, I don't know if you knew, knew this about that. And like, let me tell you about this thing. It's like, okay, that's great. I'll get there in my own time. Like, I know you're excited, but I'm excited too, but you know, kind of just, <laughs> it's gotta be more orga- organic for me. But I, you know, I would say for the most part, it's been nothing but, people welcome welcoming with open arms it's just it's just like this automatic friendship that i've never experienced before it's just so easy to talk to people who love pearl jam and it's because you have this this cool. huge part of you in in common and it's just easy to develop friendships that way right on i'll take the uh <clears throat> that uh coded dig at me for having all that information and uh no, at the beginning no, 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 of no, uh... <laughs> it was not it was 100% not not towards you at all <laughs> Sure, it's like, oh, oh, well, did you know that uh, Brandon O'Brien played the bass on this song and not Jeff Ahmed? Oh. No, see, that was that was me organically learning it. You weren't shoving it in my face, you know? Like, that was okay. <laughs> no, it wasn't directed at you at all. Have you been much of a traveler before um, in your life and stuff? Do you like to travel and everything because i know that after yeah. you've oh okay so this being into pearl jam and, and traveling to see different shows in different places and stuff has sort of been in your wheelhouse well, and yeah, giving I you mean, an excuse to sort of fill that part yeah it actually it's the only band i've tra- ever traveled for but i have traveled in the past so it, it wasn't like it was something i wasn't used to um but there's no other band that i would do that for mm-hmm. travel like i went to turkey I mean, not to see them, but to meet someone who loved Pearl Jam. And then we went to the Amsterdam show together. And that was kind of like a crazy thing that I did. But I guess because of I have had experience traveling before that I wasn't like scared to do it or I wasn't nervous about going somewhere foreign by myself. But yeah, so that my previous pre-Pearl Jam obsession life <laughs> um, of traveling and, and, you know, kind of going places did prepare me for that a little bit. And I'm glad it did because... Who knows? I might not have gone to that Amsterdam show. I might not have even gone to the Fenway or Wrigley shows because, you know, some people don't travel at all. Mm-hmm. And that's like too much for them is to go is to go that far. I actually wish I did more traveling last year, but you only have so much money. So. Oh, yeah. There's always that. <laughs> yes, there is always that. <laughs> um, is there anything else you have to say about this song that you got to you got to make sure that people um, know I mean, any, any inner demons you've got to. <laughs> release or (laughs) no no more inner demons i mean i did um i was learning how to play guitar the past couple of years i've kind of don't tell anybody that i've (laughs) kind of like fallen off the wagon a little bit with it but (laughs) um this song was one of my favorite songs to practice it's very easy 
at least Ed's part is. I don't know about um, the leads and stuff because I was I'm not like physically able to do that yet. I don't practice enough. <laughs> but um, Ed's parts are super easy. So if anyone out there is like learning guitar and wants to learn more Pearl Jam songs, this is a really great one to learn to play. And it like it just sounds exactly like the way Ed yeah. plays, and it's a lot of fun to play around with. But yeah, other than that, I mean, really. I already explained like the reason I love this song so much and you got all the facts. I think that I kind of said everything I wanted to say and we went off topic quite off, quite a lot, so. <laughs> but that's okay. That's what happened. Ah, that's, that's, uh, that's, it's, it's a podcast. That's, yes. that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Yes. I mean, the name of the game. Yeah. I mean, we're not professionals or anything getting paid. Not so a, not in any capacity. No. <laughs> so I, I, I've, I've already mentioned, podcasts and stuff and and you have you have your own podcast that you have i do um me and jesse zilka we host the porch podcast which is also available on all the podcasting places we kind of do similar to you we talk about song by song but you do you were you did them in order right where you do from 10 and then you did verses and now i guess you're moving on to vitology yep wow that's a lot um <laughs> yes and it's <laughs> and uh when i when i have it laid out in front of me it's like hmm wow this is gonna this yeah. is a long it's, long time that's a long journey uh <laughs> oh yeah yeah no we we can't we do song by song as well but we are way more random about it like we we literally essentially pick a song out of a hat every week and uh that's kind mm -hmm. of where where we go with that but yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to get to. I wouldn't know Jesse at all if it weren't for Pearl Jam and the community because she lives down in Florida and I live in New York. And just because we were both involved in this podcast world, we got connected and she asked me to co-host with her. And it's been I started doing it in February with her. So we have a bunch of episodes now. And, you know, we're looking forward to hopefully getting through all of the songs, but we might be old and gray by then. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you never know. But yeah, check us out. You're you're uh, you're younger than me, so you gotta. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you got you got more of a uh, of a chance of it actually happening, I guess. Yeah, Not that I guess. I'm, you know, on death's door or right. anything. <laughs> well, I hope it happens for you too. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of oh, there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, there is too much is there is there anything else that you want to shout out or anything any social media or stuff that um, you like that you that's not related to anything that you think people should check out <laughs> food or movies or anything i don't know um no i mean i we could that's a whole nother half hour of an episode if anyone <laughs> anything else up but no I, I think i'm good where i am if you want to find us on our show um you could email us at pjporchpodcast at gmail.com and we're on pretty much all the social media we're on facebook and instagram and um, we actually did our first giveaway this last week um so we might try to start i mean we need to get more stuff to give away but um we might try to start doing more stuff like that that's like super interactive with the listeners and just fans of pearl jam in general so definitely follow us on social media if you don't already and that's all i have to say by the time this episode comes out, you might have done another giveaway. Who knows? Maybe. When is this episode supposed to drop? Oh, it's going to like come out sometime while, in 2020. Right? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, at the beginning of the year. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm getting them. I'm, 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 I like to have a bank, <laughs> so I'm not. Oh, uh, okay. That's smart. So you kind of, you kind of just do like a whole bunch in a short period of time 
and as opposed to doing like one episode yeah, that, a week. that way it's it's kind of easier to to <clears throat> so i don't have to like oh this person canceled on me who can't uh you know record so then oh i'm i'm screwed for an episode right. for this week i'll have you know a bunch of i just have all the files on my computer and so all i have I, to do is just okay let me edit this one and i'll be able to put it out and if, if i haven't done enough ahead of time then oh. i'll you know i'll get all my talking out of the way and then by the time it comes to record the next episodes, I'll forget how to talk to people. <laughs> and it'll be really awkward and stuff. And, no. you know, it's just sort of an up and down, not really pro progressive, getting better at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're doing a great job. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, this is, I, I, this is on the, uh, at the end of my, uh, <laughs> of, oh, well, there you of my, uh, uh, so you're seasoned. Uh, yeah, see, right now. <laughs> I'm 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 about as right. best as I'm gonna get, and then you know, up until the end of the year, it's all just editing and not talking to anybody. Right? Okay, you gotta do what you gotta do. I guess. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, and it's it's awesome to to collect the uh, other Pearl Jam podcasters and <laughs> be able to say that I I talked to them, sure. and now I don't know. I've got to end this show somehow. <laughs> I'll just say thanks. and uh, It was really awesome talking to you, too. And I appreciate you having me on here talking about one of my favorite songs of all time. It's been a pleasure. Of course. <laughs> I like talking to people about yes, Pearl Jam. It's, so it's a great coincidence, I guess. That yes, it is. You like talking about it, too. Look at that. Better Brand Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Kate, and as always, this is Brandon saying, If you think I'm cuddly and you want my company, come on wifey, let me know.